0: Happy Tuesday morning, we appreciate you for letting us enter your hole every morning on this here podcast, we can't tell you how much we thank you enough, so Monday's live show was chock full of information, lots of stuff to get into, we obviously talked about the College Basketball National Championship game, it was a preview, and if you're listening to this, you already know what happened with Gonzaga and Baylor, but right before we went live, we had the Jets trade Sam Darnold to the Panthers, so we had to discuss that, Hubert Davis is the new head coach at North Carolina. We talk about Oklahoma hiring Porter Mosier. The Major League Baseball All-Star Game was moved out of Atlanta. NFL is moving their schedule around. Dustin Poirier signed his contract against Conor McGregor. We got a lot to talk about with that. And we hit on the NCAA Women's Final Four. Lots to discuss. Now, obviously, before you get into the show, winningcureseverything.com is the website. Make sure you are subscribed where you need to be subscribed. And uh, do us a favor. Tell somebody about the show. Share it out. Now, before we get to the show, Let's go ahead and uh, maybe hit an ad or two, huh?
1: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris.
0: Welcome in. Winning cures everything. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And this is Monday, April the fifth live show, and we have got some things going on in the world of sports. I was putting together a list, Chris, and then we have two things that broke really within the last 30 minutes that we're just going to have to discuss today. Uh, one, of course, Sam Darnold being traded, and... Of course, North Carolina hiring Hubert Davis. It looks like so we uh, we have got some things to discuss. Of course, we're going to get into our picks for the national championship game this evening, Gonzaga against Baylor. uh, The Major League Baseball All Star Game moving out of Atlanta. I wanted to make sure I had Chris on with me to discuss that. Uh, NFL moving some schedules around a little bit. Dustin Poirier signs a contract. We got a lot to discuss today. Before we get started with all of it. Head over to winningcureseverything.com. That is the website. You can find everything you need to know about us over there. And, uh, yeah, and if you want to jump in on the live show right now, which we do on Mondays and Wednesdays, make sure that you jump in on Periscope, Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. You can find all of those over at winningcureseverything.com. Very simple to do. And, uh, and yeah, we try and make it as easy as humanly possible on you. All of our shows, every appearance that we make, etc pops up right over there on the website. So make sure that you go and check out the site. We also do college football gambling coverage and just regular college football coverage for sportsbookreview.com. You can check it out, sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. The YouTube page is very easy to find. We do a weekly show over there discussing the college football news along with FCS picks, FCS talk, etc. Look, there's a lot going on in FCS world right now. You need to go and check it out. Search out SBR Picks on YouTube. And you can comment and like and subscribe, etc. So, uh, so here we go. Ryan McCracken has already jumped in on YouTube. Sam Darnold got traded for a song. What a steal by the Panthers. Let's uh, let, let's start off with that, Chris. Is that good with you? Yeah, come on. Let's do it. The Jets have traded quarterback Sam Darnold, uh, which I think pretty much sums up that Zach Wilson is going to be number two. It's what we all long believed. But... It is, it's done. He's out of there. And they traded him to the Carolina Panthers, who hold the number 8 pick in this year's draft. The Jets are reportedly getting a 6th-round pick in 2021, a 2nd-round pick, and a 4th-round pick in 2022 out of the deal. Basically, it's what you like to call a bag of chips, right?
2: Yeah, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's a 2nd-round pick next year, and then, uh, you know, a bunch of bites at an apple that's already had a lot of bites taken out of it.
0: Yes, this is a great deal for the Panthers, I think. They, they were not going to be able to get Deshaun Watson, or they didn't want him anymore. They were not going to well, be yeah, able that, to get Russell Wilson. Um, they weren't going to get a franchise guy, so then you go into it thinking, okay, we can try and draft, you know, Mac Jones or maybe Trey Lance will still be around or whatever, or we can go get a guy that is more mature, That we don't have to spend an eighth or a a number eight pick on a first round pick, and we can still get a really good value in that number eight slot. And now we got a guy to come in and compete with Teddy Bridgewater. We got two quarterbacks that are talented that we can maybe find something to do with them.
2: I like guys that that have had sparks of of flashes of 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 genius genius and and sparks of uh, of showing that they can be the guy. But have had a lot of issues and problems either maintaining that or whatever. It's it's really easy to give Sam Darnold a blanket just pass on his whole career so far with as inept the Jets have been. There is a world where Sam Darnold is as bad as advertised. Okay. That yes. world realistically could be could exist. It's worth a second round pick to see. If that's the case or not, because one of these rookies could be just as big of a crapshoot as Sam Darnold. The difference is, is there's a chance that you could, you could get Sam Darnold in this deal and sign him to a contract for two or three years. It's pretty cheap and reasonable. And he didn't cost you that first round pick. And now you can use, here's the deal. They weren't going to be able to trade up with the Falcons. Okay. For the fourth pick to get the next quarterback. And if they did, they would be getting the fourth quarterback option, which there's a world in which that guy could be the best out of all of them, depending on who it is and how it all works out. But I just, I think this is a better route. Now you can use that eighth round, that eighth uh, overall pick on, I think an assets that's going to be amazing because so many people are jumping up top for quarterbacks. Yes.
0: Yes. I'm, I agree. I, I think that this was a genius move, yes. Uh, one that because we've seen it before, right? It has proven Ryan Tannehill with Adam Gase was not very good. He goes to a different organization, different offensive coordinator, and all of a sudden he's he's a franchise quarterback. He's not the best franchise quarterback, but obviously you can do things with him. They've made the playoffs with him two years in a row. They made a run last year with him at quarterback. He was he's a successful quarterback. That's sure. what Ryan Tannehill is without Adam Gase. If you if you move, and that's that's just at Miami, you had Gase and the Jets together, which is just a complete dumpster fire. Sam Darnold, if he moves out of there, and you put him with an offensive mind like Joe Brady, who showed last year that even with not very much, he can come up with something. Right at Teddy Bridgewater and in Christian McCaffrey together, they were able to to pull as much potential out of that into into realism as humanly possible last year, I feel like. That was a really no, well-coached team. And that
2: offense was good last year. That offense yes. really wasn't a problem. Their defense started—I really think their defense started like seven rookies, okay?
0: Oh, it did. They, they, they were the first team in in what? Like more than two days—or maybe the first team ever to only draft
2: defensive draft players? Yeah, they, they spent—I think they had nine or 11 draft picks— Last year, I don't remember how many total they spent. Everyone on defensive players. They started like six or seven of those guys out of the eleven starters, and um, and yeah, it it took them a long time because defense is one of those things where unless you're just a pass rusher and you're a freak athlete, you don't come in the league and just immediately know how to play the game. Okay, route running, covering a cornerback, covering a wide receiver, playing cornerback in the in the NFL takes a couple of games of getting used to. Oh shit. This, this speed is different. Yes. This speed, you know, I used to be the fastest guy on the team, and now, you know, I might be, I might still be the fastest guy on the field, but
0: but I'm not it, the quickest anymore. <laughs> the guy that
2: I'm going against knows what he's doing, and so I have to take some time to learn that. The linebackers, especially, have to learn those positions. It took them a little while. This offense was rolling pretty good, even without McCaffrey, which is why. You know how I feel about these things. I would just, I know it's hard to let them go, but there's no way I'd spend that much money on a running back. I, oh, just, I, I just go find another running back, man.
0: I understand. I, I get it. Uh, Taylor jumps in. And he told you it's uh time to buy a Nick Castellanos jersey. Castellanos. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it was a fun weekend. Uh, no. Brad's crazy life. I think Sam is a B plus. uh, excuse me, B plus player. Uh, and then Ryan McCracken Jets logic is to draft a quarterback every three years.
2: Uh, Every three years. It it hasn't changed the problem. Let's just keep replacing this one thing over and over and over again. That is taking a guy that has never made pizza before in his life and who doesn't know how to follow a recipe and just replacing the oven every year. Okay, let's buy (laughs) this $50,000 pizza oven from Italy. Oh, that didn't work. Well, let's buy another one. No, let's not replace the chef. Let's not try to get some better flour. Let's not try to get good water. Let's not get make sure our yeast is good. Let's not actually make our ingredients good. Let's take the most important thing and the most expensive thing, and let's just keep turning it out over and over and over again in hopes that maybe we can get one that's magic. <laughs> I like the magic
0: idea. <laughs> McKinnon jumps in. Think we're fixing to see Donald's real potential. I still say he's severely underrated, and no yeah. one was going to look good under the Jets leadership that was there.
2: The uh, one thing I do yeah. hate is I actually like Teddy Bridgewater as a quarterback. I think he's good. I I'm very curious to see in a camp in a full camp that I think we're going to get in the NFL this year. Head. To, I'm really glad this happened before the draft. I'm. There's no reason that him and Teddy shouldn't both have access to the same playbook. Both have access to the same guys. I want to see what happens in camp who wins this quarterback battle, because I actually still like Teddy Bridgewater a lot.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I do wonder just a little bit what this means for Mac Jones. Uh, because of course, last week, all the talk was the 49ers are going to take Mac Jones. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. It wouldn't surprise me one way or another, but, I I could see Mac Jones now going anywhere from three to late first. I mean, anywhere around there, it could be possible because it was widely thought that you had to get above the Panthers to be able to grab Mac Jones because everybody thought that the Panthers were going to take him there. And and now, if they've got Sam Darnold, they just spent some draft capital to get him, there's no way that they draft a quarterback at eight, right?
2: Well, no, no, no. They're out of the quarterback business for this draft.
0: Now, that doesn't mean that they wouldn't necessarily trade that eighth pick.
2: Uh, but I don't think the eighth pick is going to have any value. I think – so there's been a lot of talk that the the Falcons might be shopping the four pick. Um, if they are not completely – so I, I've made it clear, I don't think they're taking the quarterback. Their new contract says the way rookies work, you would basically waste the whole rookie deal on somebody. All of your years of cheap quarterback – on on drafting the guy and letting him sit behind matt ryan for the next two to three years which is what that contract says we're going to do the way they've structured it with Ryan, i don't think i don't think they're in the business of quarterback this year um so their their talks about if they don't take pits which a lot of people are leaning them to take trading it away because somebody might make them a a super bowl offer for a quarterback pending three quarterbacks go the top three there are four quarterbacks in this draft do i want you know, to take a chance on that guy falling to me, or do I go up and get him?
0: And it doesn't matter who
2: it is. I mean, it could be Lance Lynn left sitting there. It could be, it could be field sitting there, but, but somebody is going to, to, to spend a fortune, I think to get up and, and go get that guy, um, is, is what I believe. And, and so I don't think eight has a, has a value to trade back at all. Um, so well, you,
0: you th- never know. Like, say Panay Sewell is still sitting there at eight for whatever reason. Uh, if somebody wanted to trade up for that, uh, say Trey Lance or Mac Jones or somebody is still sitting there, and the Broncos decide that they want to go and get their quarterback.
2: Yeah, eight. but the Broncos pick ninth. I mean, well, uh, agreed, do, agreed. But you know, it, yeah, yeah you'd, you'd be mad if if you didn't trade up. But you don't want to pull them. A, you don't want to pull pull a Ryan Pace here. You agreed. don't, don't want to give away extra first round picks, which is what you would have to give up by the way to do that. To move up one spot because you think somebody else might jump in front of you. You got to have multiple plans for multiple things.
0: I I tend to agree with you. I tend to agree. This is this is mayhem. I'm glad that we're getting these deals done well ahead of the draft. Me too. So that we can at least have time to talk about it and dissect it. You know.
2: Well, yeah. You can kind of start strategizing of what the draft's going to look like instead of draft day trades. Uh, here, here's the, here's the other thing that I that I think about too. I like, I mean, I've said this before. I like the idea of keeping the pick if you're eight, because you're not a team like the Bengals that have a ton of needs. Okay. You're not. I think because all of the if we just drafted players based on their merit, just based on their ranking and not their position of who's the best athlete on the field, you you have I think I think out of all the quarterbacks, as much as I like all these quarterbacks outside of Trevor none of them should be top 10 players. I think there are nine other athletes in this draft that are more important to winning football games. They just don't play quarterback, okay? And so if you're around six, seven, eight, I think you're just getting dudes that should have never been there before fall to you, okay? Yes. And I think that's valuable the Bengals, it doesn't help so much because I think they have a lot of needs.
0: Yes, they okay? have. And I think
2: their needs are tackle. I think there's a lot of damn good tackles in this draft. And if they could punt back and get an extra first-round pick, I absolutely think they could still lock up tackle and get the extra first-round pick to build on the future later.
0: And, I mean, the the big thing for the Bengals also would have to be their guard position. like they, they The interior of their line. What's well, any of these issue? offensive
2: linemen coming out of college that are big-time tackles can play guard. Not all guards can play tackle. Every tackle, I think, can play guard.
0: Yeah. Uh, who was the guy that they just signed? Uh, Riley. Um, I uh, forget the guy's name. I, he's he's a tackle. They've got Jonah Williams that's going to be back at tackle. I, I wonder about the Bengals. We're, we're doing like a whole mock draft. Hey, you know, we need to do that sometime. Like, in the next couple of weeks, why don't we just sit and do a live show that's just a a mock draft? I don't, I don't, I hate mock drafts. I don't know, but it's kind of, uh, you know, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about predictions and all that kind of stuff. Um, But, yeah, we've still got a ton of stuff to hit on. We've already spent 15 minutes on uh, on Sam
2: Darnold. On one thing we didn't think we were going to hit on. Yeah, no, right? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones
0: who get it done. Um, let's talk about Gonzaga and Baylor this evening. The 2021 NCAA Tournament National Championship. So first, before we discuss all that, I talked about my reaction to the final four with Gonzaga and UCLA and and the dud that was Baylor and Houston. I would love to hear. Uh, Taylor said it's Riley Reef. That's it. Um. It's, anyway, I want to hear your reaction to Gonzaga UCLA. We we have not spoken, you know, on the phone. We've texted, but we haven't actually spoken since that game happened. I want to hear your reaction to it.
2: Un- unbelievable game. I found myself first, first 10 minutes of the game thinking, man, UCLA is, they are doing what they want. Like they're in this thing. After halftime, sent the text, dude, that's a great first half of basketball and everybody's reaction was kind of unanimous. Yeah. But we think the second half is it's over. Right. And like, they won't be able to hang on 10 minutes into the second half. I'm chiming in. We're still here. Here's the deal. a Let's let's start this off. UCLA is not a Cinderella. Okay, yes, they were an 11 seed, and that's where Cinderellas come from. But they're not a Cinderella. Okay, they're they're a rich, good-looking kid that that had everything in the world given to him, and and they just underperformed, and that's why they're an 11 seed. Okay, yes. they belong at this party. Um, I I find Mick Cronin. Cronin? Am I saying Cron- his name right? Cronin. Cronin. Cronin, Cronin. Yes. Mick I find Cronin. him to be super, super likable. I yes. do. And I like those players a lot. I just, I just do. But their team grew on me throughout this tournament, it grew on me a lot. And the longer they stayed in it, I went into this game with zero bets. Okay. This is one of the most enjoyable games I've ever had. Zero action on the game. And zero care of who was going to win. I just didn't want a dud. I wanted a good game. And the longer the game went, I now, I just, I began just going to UCLA side. And all I kept thinking was now, by the end of the game, I'm cheering for UCLA. And now I'm actually going to have heartbreak if UCLA doesn't win this thing. And when the shot goes in, my heart just kind of sunk. I was just like, Oh my god, he just hit that shot and I felt like my team had lost. And I got no dog in this fight. You feel like it's not my team. I didn't bet on it or anything. I just felt like oh, they fought so hard and they just gave it all they had and to get beat like that is just it sucks. Absolutely. But Absolutely. that was my that was my personal feeling. That was exactly what I went through which was the air just kind of like I didn't say anything for like thirty seconds. I was just kind of breathless for a minute, and I was, just I, was like,
0: I was in shock. Now I I wasn't necessarily pulling for one side or the other, but that's such an like an incredibly exciting play, right? Because you yeah. just don't expect that right after <laughs> Brad said that shot cost me three hundred dollars in my tournament. <laughs> Look, I I was excited at the idea that we finally got a true buzzer beater in this tournament. We got a real deal, like. Game-winning, exciting, incredible. And, and we talked back and forth in our group chat about, was this a top three all-time game? Yeah. It, like, all-time NCAA tournament game. It might have been the best Final Four game ever. Because of the entertainment value. Not because of the ending, but because nobody ever had a lead any bigger than, what, Six?
2: Yeah, you didn't have one team go on that 10-0 run like we've had in all these games. Even some of these close games that we've had, great games that we had in the tournament, at, at some point in time, a team pulls away, and then another team comes back. We, we just didn't have that. This was possession by possession. I, mean, I thought in order for UCLA to play this game tight, UCLA was going to have to make this a very low-scoring game. They were going to have to slow it down, and they did not. Nope. They did not. If you would have told me both these teams were going to score in the 80s in regular regular uh, regulation, say that, that's a good yep. word, and and UCLA was not down by 10, I was going to be shocked. I just didn't think that that would – I didn't think that was possible. And when it's 81-81, I'm thinking, holy crap, but our boy John, John's—I mean, he's texting, he's like, we, we got a chance at overtime. And I'm thinking back in my mind, yeah, yeah, like – Somebody would have to make a free throw, miss a free throw. At some point in time, the math just isn't going to work out, and somebody's going to win by one or two. That's the way these things always work. And I was sure as shit, hit one free <laughs> throw, missed a free throw, we got overtime, and I was like, "Holy cow, man!" I, I just I couldn't believe it. I found myself the longer it went, just pulling for UCLA. I I went into it without a dog in the fight. This is what's great about sports, like like this is this is Big Cat's argument for for Barstool all the time. I feel bad for people who don't love sports because yeah. they have no idea. Now, now you do get a bunch of crap uh, garbage. Okay. You get, you get all the other, you know, games that Gonzaga play where they beat the hell out of everybody. Yeah. You get all of the Baylor games, where Baylor beat the hell out of everybody. You get a lot of shit that you've got to siphon through, but when you get a diamond, it is, it is worth so much. It is the most joy that you could experience in a in a in a window of time that that's just that can't be manufactured. It, it's not artificial at all. It is real. It is raw. And there's no other form of entertainment that can give you that.
0: Yes, and Taylor jumps in and said you you get all the Alabama football games. Uh, McKinnon said definitely saw the difference in Baylor and everyone else because Houston had been beating everyone handily. Uh, during the tournament and Baylor just beat their asses like they were still team six and Houston was bin Laden. Um,
2: I, I like I like the, that Houston team I, I'm a little partial because you know, we we, we like the coach there and, and and we like the story and stuff. But the problem is is I think they played nobody and I think yeah. Baylor went through a pretty good run of teams.
0: Yeah. Oh and- Baylor played a really difficult schedule and Houston had only played one ranked team all season. Yeah. Like, if you look at the route that Baylor or that uh, that Houston took to get to the Final Four, they didn't play a single-digit seed the entire time. They played Oregon no. State, they played um, uh, Syracuse, they played like that's two teams. That the only team people that, think that played them been really in?
2: close at the end of the years is Memphis. Oh, well, yeah. And Memphis didn't even make the tournament. We saw that Memphis won the NIT, but like that's the best team they played all. Year. And like at the end of the year, like going into the tournament time. That's the caliber of basketball team that Houston is. Their record was just a lot better than Memphis. But when you get down to the nuts and bolts of it, that's what they were.
0: Yeah. And sometimes it just, like, it, there's the no fault. bracket fall. just
2: falls that way. Yeah. And you don't, hey, listen, I'm not giving any of those wins back if I'm Houston. I'm not apologizing for having to beat Syracuse and exactly. Rutgers and these other teams. No.
0: that's it. Taylor said, I'm so glad Gonzaga-Baylor was uh, canceled in December. Yes, It would have taken some of the shine off of this.
2: I was pissed that we didn't get that game. I was picked because that was one of the few regular season games where I didn't have an interest in that I would have tuned in for, and and I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad we didn't get it.
0: Absolutely. Um, Interesting tweet from Shot Quality. Everybody that listens to the show knows I've brought it up multiple times throughout the season. Um, It's a concerning stat for Baylor in this game. Baylor beat Houston by 19 they were only expected to beat them by three, based on the quality of shots throughout the game. Conversely, Gonzaga beat UCLA by only three, but based on the quality of shots, they were expected to win by twenty-two. Now, sometimes teams just get hot. UCLA was hot. They hit well, shots that U- they were not supposed to hit. U- right? UCLA
2: shot what, like sixty-five percent
0: from from two-point? Yeah, that was
2: that's, that's insane.
0: Fifteen percent better than they do or than they oh, did yeah. for the regular season.
2: That's like that's dudes stepping up and being just studs, the, saying, I'm gonna take Riley, this game over.
0: Cody Riley, the yeah. uh the power forward or center, I guess he was playing the five for him. Yeah, he hit like six long range jumpers that he has not hit all year.
2: Had him hit like, all year, missed a couple free throws that were big, but but give him that little fadeaway shot at, 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 on the baseline, holy crap, he was daggered all day.
0: But on top of that, if you look at how UCLA got there, it, it, see that's what that's what made them not as likable to me. Like they were super likable in this spot, UCLA was because they were making shots that they weren't supposed to make. Like it was a team that had just gotten hot, but they had not really been hot for the entire NCAA tournament up to this point the reason they were winning games was based a lot on the fact that other teams were missing shots. And it wasn't it wasn't missing shots because UCLA was defending them well. It was, I disagree with that. It was missing I mean, free I throws. I think it was because it was, UCLA
2: was defending well. I think mean, UCLA puts pressure on you defensively that you're not used to. And throughout the course of the game, even if you catch an open shot, you're so used to the pressure being all over you, you feel that pressure even when it's not there. So I guess that would be. I think, your explanation I think Alabama forward. shooting forty something percent from the free throw line had a lot to do with the fact that they were just gassed because they run them constantly on defense. When they're on offense, every offensive set was everything they had, and ninety percent of them they just had to settle for a three. So, so how they about get a get a play in?
0: So I guess would it be the same thing for Michigan and for uh, BYU? Yeah, I, I, don't I don't think it's. I don't
2: think it's. Like I don't think it's a statistical anomaly that every team they played missed a ton of open shots. Well, I am I'm, I'm talking like, specifically not, no about free throws. Lucky. No, like, I'm talking
0: I'm I'm talking specifically free throws right now. Free throws, yes.
2: Like, I think I think that's part of it though. I think the way they wear on folks wears on folks.
0: Okay, that could make sense. That could make sense. It's, I mean it's you can't strange. take a guy
2: that's shot an eighty percent from the free throw line all year long and then in this game he 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 can't make a free throw I think he's winded i think he's gassed i think he doesn't have the legs and I don't think he has the arms
0: I, that's that's fair i think thats that's, that's a way that I had not thought about it um and it's
2: strange to think that teams get winded and worn out because they play at such a slow pace but slow pace doesn't mean you're not moving it just means they get in their half court set and they slow the game down from there they don't transition fast. That's all so pace means when they get in the half court, you're running your ass off to get open.
0: Gonzaga on the season, 73.1% from the free throw line. Uh, in this game, they were 12 out of 20. That's
2: 60%. Like, yeah, yeah it's I think And I think Gonzaga worked on offense and on defense the entire game harder than they've worked all year long. I'll tell you this. I heard. I heard some people talking today that Pat Forty was on uh, another podcast I listened to, and and he was saying that he had spoken to a couple of like analytical guys, and they said, "Listen, be be real wary of Gonzaga in the in the in the last five ten minutes of, of this game tonight, because Baylor got to got to sit and rest and kick their feet up when they were beating the shit out of uh, you know you know Houston and Arkansas in the last couple of games, and Gonzaga." Gonzaga two nights ago did not.
0: Yeah, and now Gonzaga has gotten to rest all season long. It's just the timing of of this game. That's uh, right. Mark jumps in. He said, "Baylor Bears tonight, boys. Uh, let's let's talk about it." The line as it sits right now is one forty, and let's see. I believe the total is like one sixty or somewhere around about. Let me let me pull it up. Hang um, on.
2: What do you it, you just? What do you mean the line is one forty?
0: And sorry, 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 Uh Minus four. Sorry, I I don't know what I was talking about. I was. About uh, to say, I think uh, you shook out a little bit there. Total is uh yeah probably. <laughs> total is around one fifty nine. Uh, there's one fifty nine and a at a few places. Now, there's only there's only one one fifty nine. There's one one sixty, and the rest are one fifty nine and a half. Now, um, we've got Gonzaga four and a half as a favorite. Now we've got a couple of spots where it's only four. Um, I will, I will tell you this. Like the shot quality thing did affect me, but I, I do wonder about you know being tired. I do wonder how that affects them. That now, these are young me. These are young guys. You know, I, it I'm doesn't you, affect I, them.
2: I think it's going to be a really close game. I'd either take Baylor in the points or I'd take Gonzaga money line, and I'd feel better with Baylor in the points than I would Gonzaga money line. I want Gonzaga to win this game after that last game. Yes. Like, like the thing that bothered me was. This is no offense to Baylor. Baylor has looked like the best team in this tournament. Now that we've been through every game and we're at the championship, Baylor has been the best team in the tournament. Okay. Now, I don't think there's any question about that. It's not Gonzaga. It's Baylor. The problem is, is what Gonzaga did with UCLA. I thought that game should have just ended it. This is where I would be a bad czar of sports. So we talk about how I would be a good czar as well. This is where I'd be a bad czar. I would just apologize to Baylor, and I would have given the trophy out the other night, and so we're done. We're done. I'm sorry, CBS. You're not getting another game. You're not getting it. We we don't have any better basketball to offer you than that, and I think the winner of that (laughs) should just win it up. That's how we should end this tournament.
0: Uh, Mark said Zags are not getting easy layups tonight. You say that, um, but they've gotten them against everybody else. I think
2: tonight's going to what was the over-under?
0: 159
2: and a half. I take the over. I think tonight's going to be a high scoring game from both teams. I think they're both they're both going to score. I think it's going to be really close. I bet both these teams are going to hit the 80s. And uh Yeah. Yeah. I mean I, I, I want so badly to see Gonzaga close this thing out after that game because I do think that's a top five best game I've ever seen of all time. I I still, after two days removed from it, can't say it's the best game I've ever seen. It's up there.
0: Oh, it's it, was, there, it was the most enjoyable that I've seen all season. Yeah. Uh, now, it's all there. time, who knows?
2: Oh, no, but this season's not—it's not close, and I don't even watch a lot of basketball, but it's not close.
0: The—so, so getting back to this spread, I I would have to say— so, I, I look at it this way, because it, it's very easy to have recency bias, and all Baylors kind of walk through everybody, and da-da-da-da-da. But I, I, I still look at it like this. UCLA played— the most perfect game that you could possibly play against Gonzaga, and yep. still lost, still lost the game. Gonzaga was tested for the first time all season. Twenty-nine of their thirty-one wins have been by double digits, and they finally got to face adversity before the most important game. I think that matters. I, I'm, yeah, gonna, I I'm gonna I'm gonna take Gonzaga minus the four. Like I, I think <sighs> I think they're gonna win the game, and I, I think like I, I don't think expect it to be you know by ten or whatever. But I, could I see him winning by five? Yes, hundred percent. I think Gonzaga is the better team, and and I I expect them to uh, I expect them to win here.
2: I can see that. I'm going to tell you this is the truth. This is the truth. I, I, I'm giving you a pick. I told you what I would I would do. Yeah. I don't I don't think I care enough. I'm I'm just not going to play it because I want I want tonight to end up like UCLA last night last week or two nights ago Saturday. I I just want to watch a good game. And yeah. I just want, I don't want to, I don't want any letdown because, oh, it didn't go my way. Because I really do think tonight has a chance to be UCLA that now the chances of us getting two games like that are zero, by the way, just not realistic at all, but it can still be special, but, but I didn't think UCLA would happen. And I always thought this game, if we get this matchup, we're going to get one of the best basketball games of all time. I just kind of predicted that. I, I want to see can we do it? Yeah, uh, Mark said. And I Baylor, don't really want to care about any 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 action. I just want to enjoy basketball for a minute.
0: Mark said Baylor just started to get their groove back. Best they shot the whole or sorry best the uh, best they shot, they shot the whole, the whole tournament, tournament against
2: Houston. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, absolutely. I mean it's it's what I just brought up. Uh, and
2: Houston's a really good defensive you know, team.
0: Baylor, based on the shots that they took, was only expected to beat Houston by three based on the shots that they took, and they were able to hit shots that they have not been able to hit uh, or that they were not expected to hit. We'll just say that. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it is what it is. Let's Let's uh, let's move off of that. Let's, let's stay in the college basketball realm, but let's talk about the new North Carolina head basketball coach. Looks like it's going to be Huber Davis. Uh, we we kind of talked about this a little bit last week when when Roy retired, uh, or at least I did on, on the solo show on, on Thursday when I ran out of time and had to do a 15-minute show. Um, but it it seemed like that was the obvious choice, right? Because this is another one of those spots. It'll, it'll probably happen when Nick Saban retires from Alabama. It, it has happened before. It'll happen at Duke. It'll happen at many, many places. When the legend retires at a really good spot, it happened when Dean Smith left, right? Bill Guthrie ended up taking over. You don't get a superstar to come in right after the legend. It just doesn't happen. Nobody wants to follow in those footsteps, and Huber Davis was on staff for the last eight years under Roy Williams. He left a cush job at ESPN to come back and be an assistant coach here. He went to school at North Carolina. He was the head guy under Roy Williams. He knows I mean, how the I system's running.
2: I think these the reason these things happen is because the guy leaving, because they leave on good terms and the way it's happening, I think they're leaving. They, they kind of get to handpick their predecessor.
0: Now, I, I, I will say this. Bubba Cunningham, the AD at North Carolina, did reach out, and, and he kind of swung for the fences with, with a few things. I mean, he reached out for Jay Wright and yeah. whatever. else. He even said, like, I reached out. There's The big names don't want to leave where they are, and True. who would blame them? I mean, they've built up their own system, their own program where they are. Why would you leave just to go to North Carolina to try and rebuild following a legend? Um, but I, I do think, yes, there is something to be said for that because, I I mean, would we really believe that Roy Williams had nothing to do with who the next coach is in North Carolina? I, I don't buy that.
2: So I didn't get to talk about it because I wasn't on the show Friday. Um, yeah. Right, or Thursday. Show, this Thursday, morning Thursday, yeah. show. Um, I, every year we've done a tournament bracket. Every year, Michigan or North Carolina have been in it. I, I don't really look at their bracket. I don't look at anything. I basically just write them into the Final Four. Not Michigan. Michigan State. Yeah. There are two coaches. There are two coaches in college basketball that I don't. I don't have any ties to these schools. I'm not a North Carolina fan. I'm not a Michigan State fan. I don't. I any mean, connections to them. I I have loved. I have. I follow coaches, and I have loved these those two men. And I have followed them, kind of religiously, and it's paid off really well over. I don't know. The last decade, decade and a half, yeah, of of watching college basketball and and supporting the sport and 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 betting on it and following it, um, and cheering for it. I don't know that there's a single coach that's ever had more fun winning than Roy Williams.
0: At him dancing in the locker room, it, it will will always live in my mind. That is how He's I'm going to remember him forever.
2: That's that, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And and I liked the way that he won. Is, is he didn't sell his soul to complete one-and-dones. Every year he would have one or two freshmen that were big time, but he always had second, third-year guys, a couple of seniors on the team. Duke, North Carolina, or Kentucky, they, they sold their souls. And yeah. they said Kansas, they, they sold their souls. And they were just one-and-done, and we'll start five freshmen every year. And that's just what we're going to do. We might have a sophomore on the team. That's, that's the list. They've realized that's the way to go with basketball. And and it's, listen, they've done well. They've all done well. Roy is is one of the few outside of Villanova that, that has been able to win consistently without completely selling your soul to the one and done. And I kind of find that a little respectable.
0: Oh, it's absolutely respectable. And it's also, I think, why he decided to go ahead and retire right now. I, I talked about it on last week's show. I think that he did this because, and he's, he's told basketball writers about this, he doesn't like the direction that the sport is going. Yeah. He doesn't know that he can keep up. And, and him saying in his press conference that he doesn't know that he's the right guy for this job <laughs> anymore uh, kind of alluded to it, right? It's the whole idea of the transfers. And, you know, the one and done is is a whole other thing. The NIL stuff is a whole different thing that's going to change the sport drastically in the coming years. It, there's just a lot of changes and when you are, you know, a seventy-year-old man who's had back problems and back surgery and whatnot in the last however many years, you know, he he was at practice just three years ago where he couldn't even stand up.
2: Where he couldn't stand up. I remember yeah. that. No, he's he's had issues. I think he would figure all those things out if he was in better health and, and, and he's a lot he's younger.
0: good now. Like he he doesn't oh, yeah. seem to have Hell, any problems. Yeah, he's good. But but if he's good now, why go through the hassle if you're seventy well, years old yeah. when you can just go home and play with the kids, you know, play That's with right. the grandkids.
2: You, you, yeah, you get to enjoy the rest of your life, and, and you know, you worked this far and you worked this hard and you made your your nut and you don't ever have to work another day in your life, and now you get to do whatever the hell you want. You're not kissing some 16-year-old's ass. There's a lot of beauty to that, and there's a lot of joy to that, and I, I, I respect it and I appreciate it. I think he's one of the best coaches that we've seen in our lifetime ever. Hey, and, he, he's, and, only,
0: he's only had two head coaching jobs. He uh he's yeah. won 400 games at Kansas and he's won over 400 games in North Carolina and That's that right. is pretty awesome,
2: pretty like, pretty strong resume <laughs> that he's never really had a losing season, but he's never once like you know had a had a real down team a bad team.
0: You got that right. Now I mean he did have his first losing season last year, but yes, it, I mean do we count that? Like it you know it is what it is. Um, I wanted to get your opinion on this. Oklahoma hired Porter Moser. Uh, did you see this coming at all? I did not.
2: I think it's a hell of a hire for them. And I... A strange place for Porter Mosher? That's exactly what my thought
0: was. I Like, I do think, obviously, Oklahoma, Oklahoma has had success. Jeff Capel yeah. was good there. Uh, Lon Kruger, obviously, really good there. Like, Oklahoma is known somewhat as a basketball brand. But I just wonder, like... I, I, I just,
2: I feel his man in... I, he, I just feel like he belongs in the Big Ten. Yeah, that I, I kind but of. I know that's because I know that I know he comes from Chicago, and that's that's big. That's the home of the Big Ten. It it just feels weird. To, it's very fish out of water for me. Which I, makes I me wonder. Not, not that he can't take over or win. I think he could. Win a lot there, by the way. I, I think easily he can rival Kansas as the best program in the Big Twelve.
0: Right, now he's going to deal with uh, Chris Beard at Texas, so yeah. But I mean, yeah, but I mean t- listen
2: until until Texas shows me that they're actually something to be afraid of, I'll worry about. I love Chris Beard. I'll worry about Texas when that time comes. All right. Yeah. No, that makes a long way from that.
0: I, I do wonder about this. I I think it's a fantastic hire for Oklahoma. The fact that they could
2: Great you know, convince kid. him. Um, That's again I did not expect them to get. Yep. I, if you'd give me twenty names throughout college basketball of who they could hire, he wouldn't have made my twenty list because I didn't think he'd be interested in that job at all. And I don't know why. I
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's a great job. I just
2: I it, held a lot more money than he was he was making at Loyola Chicago. Well you get a lot better talent uh, you know, there, but
0: Yeah I mean you would think so, but I I mean
2: yeah, yeah, no, probably. No, no, yeah, no. he absolutely he will. can. That's hang on, yeah. hang on. You can't just poo poo that. No, you're he, right. You're right. He 100 percent will have substantially, marketably, measurably better talent than he ever had at Loyola Chicago.
0: That's that is 100 true. You okay. are correct about right. that. Um, I, I hey, do sweep
2: that under the rug like that's all. Well, maybe well, no, it's a little better. Come we've on. talked about this. Are we before. talking? Or are we not?
0: A couple of weeks ago, we talked about Porter Mosier and and you know what would he end up doing. Right? Like, yeah. what, what is it? And we talked about this in the group chat and everything else. Like, what makes sense for him? And I think it really did come down to the fact that, it like, before that Final Four run, if that season had not been a Final Four type of season, if, if they had lost in the conference tournament and not made the tournament as an 11 seed, would he have even lasted at the job? Uh, because he had already been there for years and years, and they had not had any success. Now he's had a, a Sweet 16 run, a Final Four run. You know he's done really good things, but man, he was fired at Illinois State, and and he got a, a second chance with Loyola Chicago, and it took forever to get there. And he was almost fired again; he would have had to go on back to the assistant uh, assistant coach route. Like I, you know, there is something so, to be said. So let
2: me ask you this: Do you think, do you think this is Oklahoma buying damaged goods? Do you think, uh, you know, he somehow made two runs magically, and he's really not that great of a coach?
0: It is possible because I like it, it's very possible, but I do think he is a good coach. I think that he wanted to get out and, and one, make as much money as he could, and two, have a chance in a league that isn't just a one bid league, right? Like at Loyola is, so, so this I respect
2: that. I respect to having a chance to get in the tournament if the one bid league is tough. That yes. you're right. That's a lot of pressure on those smaller schools. I
0: mean, to, to, Imagine, like, because we're fans of of bigger schools. Like, Alabama, LSU, it didn't matter who won that SEC tournament championship. Like, both teams were getting in the NCAA tournament. Imagine where everything comes down to a a conference tournament, and and you have to win however many games, and you understand that teams that are not very good all season long can magically get hot over three days in, in a city that they're not used to, right? Like, Crazy stuff happens in the sport. We just saw UCLA, who lost their last four regular season games, end up going on a run to the Final Four. It made no sense. Got a play-in game. (laughs) It just makes no sense. So, there's a lot of pressure involved with that. If you can get one of these Power 5 jobs where you know that— or a a multi-bid league job, I I think it makes sense, especially when you're going to be getting a raise anyway. So, I think it's smart on him. Well, he was but, he was
2: holding a lottery oof. ticket. It was responsible to cash the lottery ticket. I'm okay with that.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, let's uh Okay, I want to I want to get you started. We've we've already been 42 minutes on this, but I do want to get your opinion here. The Major League Baseball All-Star Game is being moved out of Atlanta this year. And I don't ever remember growing up as a baseball fan ever having politics involved. In baseball, whatsoever. Though now, agreed. I I just wonder: is it smart on Major League Baseball's behalf to, to maybe do this? Like, why? Why is that? Why get involved in politics if you don't have to? Well,
2: well, because they might have had to, though. This is this. See, we don't. We all make an assumption on what we believe is right or wrong. Yeah, and we don't ever think about the people who made this decision. Okay, Mark Emmert. No, not Mark Emmert. That guy's a complete moron. (laughs) Rob Manford. Rob Manford is about to come up. Listen, there's a world in which this is the last baseball season we ever have. Okay. Every time there's a new PA agreement in the offseason, there's a really good chance that it just doesn't work out. Because there is no union as strong as the Major League Baseball Union. There's just not one in the world that I know of. Okay. I think. He got wind from a lot of players that he is about to have to make a deal with to continue this gravy train next season, this offseason. And I think he said, I'm going to do what's going to make them happy today because this cost me, the league, nothing to do, nothing. And I can get a lot of goodwill from all these players. Irrelevant of if it is right or true. If the if the law actually does make it harder for people to vote or not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They believe it is. And so I'm going to throw them a bone before we ever get into negotiations because this is the hard this is not the NFL PA. Okay. This is not the leagues going to tell you what to do and you're going to show your ass up work next week or not. It, you know, that this is not that. All right. I believe that that he he got pressure to do this by players.
0: I think that I think that makes
2: I mean. the most sense,
0: and that's because that's why I wanted else to ask. It actually
2: makes logical sense. Yeah, that's that's. They're the not whole trying point. to like, make a political statement. They're not trying to do anything else. He he. Yeah, because they haven't said anything else about it. Nope, like nothing else about it. it. Nothing else yeah, has and come you know out. The reason why it's because they don't have any of those arguments. All right, they've got word from a lot of players that they don't want to go there. Okay.
0: And that's that's fine. crazy. That's I'm, I'm with you. It's it's a it's a strange world that we live in. The sporting world uh, is changing every day, every yeah. day.
2: But the the, but the the politics about it are irrelevant because it's what the players perceive. Perceive, man, I can't even really yeah. talk. Perceive to be real or not, and 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 so it is. What it is that's just that's just it. I I'm with you. I understand. Well, this is the I, pro- I get where I you're coming the from. Political wise, from a political standpoint, the problem that we have are one group of people does something, the other side immediately assumes it's the worst thing that's ever happened, and they begin to propag- propagandize against it, and they never even read the thing that was passed. They just work under an assumption that it's all bad, it's all evil. I don't want to read it. Don't tell it to me. You're assholes and everything you're doing is, is only for your own good, which means it's for the detriment of us, which means we are going to propagandize against it. And, and that that door swings both ways. Every
0: yeah. time, that's I mean McKinnon jumps in. Uh, you know he he talked about the decision. Uh, Mark chimed in as well. He said it's a terrible choice uh, because he's he's talking about what what my thought was. This is a brand new stadium. The reason that it was going there in the first place was to showcase the new Atlanta stadium. Uh, he said, "What about all the people that have jobs in Atlanta, parking attendants, hot dog vendors, etc.? Like all these people that are that are kind of banking on it coming back." in a big way in Atlanta because Atlanta was was hurt by the pandemic a little bit. Uh, not as much as some, but activities. but just, hang but, on,
2: Atlanta's yeah. still going to get their eighty-one home games.
0: Yeah, no, 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 absolutely, absolutely. This is but, this but is, when is one been... weekend
2: event that they're not going to get. And sure, they were going to count on that extra money. Well, yeah, but it same, was just all supposed, supposed to be extra NBA okay? All Star
0: Game. It was kind of the same thing, right? They, they were
2: they were listen. If 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 they didn't ever select Atlanta to get it to begin with, those people weren't going to get that money. The agreed. other third twenty-nine stadiums around the league aren't getting that money. One of them will get that money. Don't know right. who it is yet. But I don't think this is a, you know, if this isn't going to cripple somebody financially, and 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 somewhere where they put it, those parking attendants are going to need that money, and they're going to make some extra money that they desperately could use.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I'm with you. It's why I even brought it up to you. It's it's yeah. I wanted to know what you thought because I'm I'm a little confused myself. Honestly, my my,
2: my thought is is I. This is, this is a league that has a very difficult time making a deal with their players' union. And I think word got back to, to them that they're not happy going to Atlanta. And and, and, and I'm going to bet this gets used as a bargaining chip come. Because all they get to say is, look at the good faith that we showed as an organization. You cried out for something, for, for a social justice cause that you saw was important, and we immediately reacted and responded. You know that we have your backs. Yeah, and I think I think that goes a long way into the players. And then you're in a billion-dollar business. If I can give you something that costs me nothing and I get to make a lot of money, then I'll give you the thing that's free.
0: That makes sense. It, it's good faith. Showing good faith. All right, let's move off of that. And let's talk about it just right quick. We don't have to spend long on it. Uh, NFL is moving their Monday Night Football opening doubleheader you know, and, and this has been a thing for a while. You start out with an early game around 6 p.m. Central Time, whatever time. Um, you get that game to tip off early or to kick off early. And then you've got your West Coast game that'll tip or uh, kick off super late that night on Monday night. And it's never made a whole lot of sense to me because it, the games are, like, the timing is so strange and... You've got a game that's gonna be going on well past midnight on the East Coast. So how many viewers are you really getting? Et cetera, yeah, but et cetera. That,
2: that game's always a West Coast game where yeah. it's two California teams or oh, two yeah, West absolutely. Coast teams. So you don't care about the East Coast eyes for for the most part.
0: Well, and, and what you said, for the most part. That's the biggest thing because they have swapped that thing around and it is reported as of today that they are moving that game to um, they're moving it to week eighteen. They are moving the doubleheader to Saturday, January the 8th. And they are going to set it up to where it is uh, teams that are in playoff contention at the end of the season. That is going to be their Saturday doubleheader. Yeah. And I kind of like the idea.
2: Like I, Yeah, I'm okay with this. It, it, here's the reason why I like it better. is At first, when I saw they were doing this, I, I didn't realize the Saturday part. And I was like, "That's they're going to get two shit games because the, the league is not going to let playoff teams play on Monday that that potentially could have to play the following Saturday. Like It was, that's it was just happen. added
0: in the new, uh, in the NFL's new television contracts and it begins this season.
2: Yeah. So, so this is, this is and, and ESPN paid a lot of money to get this and they're going to get heavy selection ratings, which means CBS or NBC will still get the number one choice. And I think Fox and CBS will get their game after that, but, but they'll, they'll each get one game a piece which means three of the games will be taken off the board. All the other, you know, 16 games. So, 13 games, ESPN will get to pick the next two. Yeah. Is I'm, the way I think that's going to work.
0: I'm, I'm totally fine with it. Like, I, I like the setup right now. The fact that the regular season is going to extend until January 8th means, uh, as of right this second, I, I think that they are going to um, – they are, oh, here, here's the way it's set up, by the way. Two Saturday games, late afternoon and primetime. 13 games in the early and late Sunday afternoon window. And then one Sunday night football game, which will feature the top flexed game of the weekend. Um, the Saturday doubleheader games will be flexed. So, fans won't know until December which teams will be playing on that weekend. Um, so, it's it's basically to lead into the playoffs. Um, That's right. But I, I, I do think that the Super Bowl is going to be a week later. Now and that's going to be good for you. Yes, regarding oh, the that's birthdays. that's everything I need. Yep,
2: no, that's that's all <laughs> I need in life. Uh, and here's the other thing: opening when Monday Night Football first started the doubleheader for the opening season, it was before Thursday Night Football existed. Yeah, it was 2006, and Thursday Night Football was a thing, but it was only like two Thursday nights a year. It was like one weird one in the middle of the year and Thanksgiving Day, and that was kind of all that we got for Thursdays. And or maybe there were three or four, but it was never a weekly thing. And so that Monday night season, uh, like it was a it was a big deal to to showcase those games. And and I think you get Thursday football, then you get all day Sunday football, and then you get Monday two games. I think it's lost a little bit of its luster. Yes. And and uh, and so now you just want to focus on getting a big game on Monday night. for that opening weekend to start the season off and then carry your season like you normally would and you get to finish strong. Because that's the one thing that also hurt ESPN was week 17. They didn't get a Monday night football game. Yep. So they technically didn't get 17 weeks. It's the reason they got the doubleheader was because they they lost one on the back end. But that's when you don't want to lose it. You don't want to lose it on the back end.
0: Yes, yes, agreed. And, And while there is a lot of hype to open up a season... Uh, there's
2: still a lot of people watching at the end of the season. Like, you'd, oh, well, there's you'd rather have people that extra win of the season than there are at, to open a season.
0: Yes. Agreed. Um, let's see. Let's talk about UFC for just a second. Obviously, I like to toss these in here whenever I can. Dustin Poirier signed the contract. UFC 264 is a go. It will be Poirier and McGregor three. I, I believe that this fight is means absolutely everything for Conor McGregor. It is the yep. most important fight that he has had to date. Uh I do if agree he with that. if he loses this fight, it completely kills the legacy that McGregor has. Now while he will still be incredibly entertaining, while he will still be one of the uh I, I say one of the highest pay-per-view by uh fighters in the league, I do think that it will take a lot of the shine off of him. Uh, he has to win this fight. You you agree? I do agree. I, I I don't think it's close. I I feel like they both probably got a pretty substantial amount of money to be able to do this. Certain, but you're it's not going to be sellouts everywhere he goes. It's not going to be you know two million pay per view buys every time he fights going forward. If he can't win fights, if he can't beat some of the best in this division, like he's going to have to figure out something to do after this. And it's not like he's hurting for money. He's got the proper 12 stuff. He's obviously a marketing mogul at this point. But I, this is still, if he wants any kind of a future in UFC, he has to win this fight. That's like right. It is absolutely uh, the most important fight that he has had to date, and I don't think it's close. Um, and then finally, we'll close out with this one. Stanford women beat Arizona on Sunday afternoon to win the women's Final Four, the women's NCAA tournament. Did you watch any of these games Friday and uh, and Sunday? Yes,
2: Yes. I watched the Final Four games. I watched both of them. Do you remember,
0: it was not that long ago that we had constant bloodbaths in women's basketball. It was UConn, it was Tennessee, it was Baylor, whatever, and you always knew kind of every season who was going to win the national championship, and it was just beatings until you got to that point, right? Yeah. I think we had two, at least two, um, and honestly, the Arizona win over UConn was really exciting, even though it was a 10-point game at the end. I I think we had some of the most exciting basketball in this tournament. We, we, we were getting upsets. We were getting all kinds of stuff.
2: I found it to be incredibly enjoyable. So I, how do I put this? I think I think women's basketball is getting to a place where men's basketball was kind of maybe in the 90s, before one and done, when high school kids could still go. Yes. Um, you basically had the teams that were coming to college, the players stayed together for three to four years. You have very few leaving out early. And coaching levels were ramping up to just a new level. You were getting a lot, instead of having three or four good coaches, you get 15 or 20 really good coaches throughout basketball. I think the women's game has done that. I think the level of expertise in coaching that these women have, that that, that the men and women running these programs have elevated to a new level. And they've got these girls for four years, for three years. And so I, I, I think your days of UConn just dominating and steamrolling everybody is over. I think we're now living in a world where every year there are going to be four or five teams that could win the tournament instead of one or two.
0: Yeah, or or sometimes even more than that. I mean, Arizona was right there. They lost by one point, and they were, you know, well, I don't know uh,
2: about that. I, yes, Arizona could have been one of those teams. Yeah, but I don't know that there was more than five teams in this tournament that could have won it. But I think five teams going into a tournament that we all think have a really good shot at winning it is 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 pretty crazy. We oh, didn't think yeah. that in the men's tournament.
0: No, no, no. We, I mean, a lot of people thought Illinois, Gonzaga, Baylor. Like, yeah,
2: I think I think the transfer situation and one and dones have brought men's basketball. Down to a point where you don't have nearly as much parity the way that you used to, um, and uh, and and I think it's it's the, the the way of building a team has helped women's sports, especially women's basketball. Women's basketball is no longer a a sport that needs the men to to produce revenue for it. By the way, um, I, I was listening to the Tony Cornish show. It's one of the podcasts I listen to regularly. Um, and God, I can't remember the sports writer he had on his show last week uh, talking about the women's sport. It was before the Final Four, so it was it's probably Friday show of last week, maybe Thursday show last. Anyway, whatever. But but they were talking about how ESPN pays a a really really good premium for the women's tournament like a lot of money for it. It's its own revenue producing. It is the only women's sport that doesn't need money from men's football or basketball.
0: That's interesting. It can financially I, I support
2: that. itself. It makes a lot of money from ESPN. That ESPN deals really good for the women, which is one of the She came on, the lady came on, it was Sally Jenkins. That's it. Sally Jenkins came on <laughs> and, and she, I knew the name was going to come to me eventually and just ripped the NCAA, Because like the disparity of how the women are treated in basketball shouldn't be the case because you finally have a a sport that you don't need to take the money from the men and support the women. They can support their own. So they don't need to be given Salisbury steak when the men are given regular steak. Don't give them hamburgers. Okay. Like you can give them steak too. They're making you money. They're, they're uh, like, they're finally paying for themselves. Don't treat them as lesser than let's reward them for finally paying for themselves. And, and, and now you can use the money from football and basketball to support, other non-revenue sports because now this is a revenue-producing sport. It's not going to make the schools any money, not a lot of money, but it doesn't cost them any money, and that is a beautiful, great, wonderful thing. Yes,
0: yes, I agree with you. I agree. I think it's fantastic. It, the fact that it has reached that point, uh, we will soon get there with baseball. Baseball at a lot of schools is is doing the same thing. Well, yeah, no, know the the,
2: no, the, the, um, the third the third most. Pro- productive sport baseball's already paying for itself it all, yeah. and it always has it well, has for a long time
0: and there are some schools yes. where, it, where it still costs money
2: but it's, I, I'm not talking about individual schools Gary yeah, I know, it's I know. individual You're, schools are you talking about for the NCAA right, Overall, right, right, right.
0: yeah because a college world series obviously not, gets paid baseball for baseball's
2: a revenue producing sport
0: the women's college world series has also I believe reached that point I so, think so
2: too I don't yeah. know that for a fact but I do I, I think that's hosted in Norman, Oklahoma yes Oklahoma uh, uh yeah Oklahoma State or I mean don't <clears throat> anyway it's hosted in Norman and I think I think ESPN picks that product up I think they do really well
0: yes yes absolutely. the the popularity of those two sports ba- men's baseball and that, women's softball I'm telling you those uh, are those are good
2: things if we can ever get soccer to catch on in our country I do think college soccer has a chance to carry its own weight because a it's not a really expensive sport to produce and you can sell TV rights for it because people who like soccer really, really like soccer.
0: Hey, the uh, the softball uh, World Series apparently mm-hmm. at the USA Softball Hall of Fame Stadium in Oklahoma City,
2: Oklahoma. Oh, it's on Oklahoma City. I, okay, I knew it was in Oklahoma. I don't know why. I think I guess Norman would have been un- unacceptable. You can't let a school host it.
0: Um, the college World Series is in Omaha, Nebraska. So well, I knew that. But yeah, Oklahoma City That's, is uh, no. is the other one. So. Okay. No. Yep. So I know no. where Omaha
2: is. My dream is <laughs> to go there one day.
0: Your dream is to go to Omaha, Nebraska.
2: Yes. Why? What? What? For the I mean? college baseball World Series. Oh, oh. I want to oh. go there on like a random Tuesday to see some like, shitty comic at some bullshit nightclub. I was that was making no sense to me. This is a guy that doesn't care about college baseball. So one day Alabama is going to get really good at baseball, and I want to make certain uh, that you remember this day, and you don't give a shit about it. Okay.
0: Well, that'll be perfectly fine. Like I, I used to care about them. They made the World Series before. I used to care, uh, but now it's just not, you know. And why not?
2: Because they're not any good. No, it's. Uh, no, I, I just don't like. That sounds like what it is. I think we got affirmation for everybody that I need it. Okay. No, no, no I, I, I God, care. We, I, I wish just we, don't we had care a producer that like could produce this show. I would clip this segment right here and just make <laughs> it clear that if if Alabama ever started sucking at football, Gary would stop caring.
0: Oh, that is hundred percent not true. You're going to become a basketball true. school. You have you have seen me care about a really awful football team for a long time. Yeah,
2: so. but no, 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 not for a long time. Not for a long time. Yes. Okay. Not for a long time.
0: What were the were the two thousands and the early two thousand was that or the mid nineties through the mid two thousands, not a long time. You don't like a, eight years? I mean I'm talking like,
2: like a decade at least. No. Anyway, Anyway, a a team that has won a shitload of championships and they go through a deck 10 years of losing and then they win a bunch of other championships. Yeah, don't give me this one pocket of time that's like six inches big in the real world of of time and say, oh, I cared then. I still
1: cared.
0: Well, In in my formative years, they were awful and I still cared. And I will continue to do so. so. (laughs) In your early
2: years, they were great. And in your latter years, they've been great, right? No, no, they were awful in my early years. No, they weren't. Gene Stallings was never awful.
0: And Gene Stallings was, uh, no, he was never awful. He was And that was your
2: early years, by the
0: way. Yeah, that was, he was hired in 90. I was seven years old.
2: Yes, that was your early years. You don't remember a whole lot before then.
0: No, not a a ton. I remember some. I remember going to watch Gary Hollingsworth against Ole Miss in Jackson Memorial Coliseum down in Jackson, Mississippi. So, anyway, let's, uh, we've been going for over an hour. Let's get out of here. We got some things
2: to do tonight. We got a national championship game to watch. We've got
0: a lot to discuss. I'm,
2: I'm, I'm really excited about this national oh, yeah. championship game. I'm I'm a little dis. If it doesn't, here's the problem. Now my expectations are here. <laughs> That's the problem. Is I went into Saturday with no expectations, Gary. I know. I thought both of them were going to be blowouts. So I just want a close game.
0: And now you've got the preseason and I got, number I got one of the
2: best games I've ever seen in my life. And now I'm expecting the same thing tonight. And if it's anything other than that, I'm going to be disappointed.
0: Well, here is hoping. That it provides everything that we want between a number one and number two team. I know sometimes it doesn't always meet those expectations, but I expect a good ball game. Are and I you going to be disappointed
2: be if, if Baylor wins? Will you feel like there's a little air let out of this season?
0: No, no, because I I, I enjoyed watching Baylor play all year. I, I have love to. the fact I have, that I have, I have to. It, th- These are two teams that have never won a national championship.
2: I'm going to think it's I, all. Awesome. I, do, I do like that too. So let me ask you the the question. Here's the other question. If Gonzaga wins, any asterisk at all by the perfect season being absolutely a, not a COVID a, a COVID season Absol- where they really didn't have to go on the road and play a bunch of teams like they normally would have. Absolutely not. Okay, thirty two and zero is thirty two. Because in, in a regular year, they would have played a lot of big boys in the non conference.
0: They played a lot of big boys in the non conference this year.
2: Yeah, they got to and yeah, very select big boys though. Very select big boys. What are you talking? West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia.
0: Uh, Kansas, not,
2: like, listen, West Virginia is not a big, I, no one loves Huggy Bear. No one loves Huggy Bear like I love Huggy Bear. Come on. They they just, they weren't, they weren't. All right, come on.
0: Okay. And, and, and and a Final Four run like this going through USC,
2: UCLA. Oh, no. I, uh, I definitely think Baylor, they had a like, much harder run, which I was shocked at, than Baylor ever had. <laughs> the gauntlet they went through was a real gauntlet. It, it was really, yeah, it was, really it tough. It was tough.
0: It was tough. They, they had tough teams that they had to play, and they beat them all. They beat yes. them all. If no, they, you're
2: right. Okay. If they I, finish 32-0. I'm, just, I just, and I'm, 0, just, asking.
0: I'm just asking. Ain't no asterisk for me. Now, other people might say that, yeah. but, uh, but I already know that if they lose tonight, that will be immediately the go-to for a lot of the, the news media, right? I... Gonzaga WCC, you know, you knew they couldn't win the big one. They always choke. It is what it is. Da, 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 da. I don't know that. I don't, like, I don't know,
2: man. I think after that, see, that's a if that's what happens, all those sports writers need to be instantly fired because they're just running up takes from 5 years ago and you're just regurgitating the same thing and you're not using your brain, you're not coming up with new content, you're not thinking about things at all. That UCLA game shows that that's not this team. Yeah. Yeah, that's I not agree. this team. And if that's your take, if they lose this game, which they're perfectly capable of losing this game because Baylor is that good of a basketball team, yes. they lose this game and you're going to say, oh, wow, well, this is that conference and that, you know, they're never going to be good enough, whatever. That's a terrible take. That's a, te- that's a bad take. And you need to lose your job for that. You need to stop being able to talk about sports on the radio because you've gotten lazy. You're just regurgitating shit that you said five, six years ago. And we don't need somebody to do that.
0: I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that we don't see it. I I hope you know what? I don't even care who wins, like I just said. I just hope for a great game I do and like I hope that, that we both don't these hear... teams.
2: I guess I didn't think of that. Both these teams haven't won a an NCAA championship yeah. ever. So ever. somebody's getting getting their first first ring.
0: You got it. And it's going to be stupendous, one way or another. One way or another. All right, let's go ahead and dive out of here. You guys have been fantastic. WinningCuresEverything.com, sbrpicks.com/ncaaf. We will be back. Chris is going to have his solo show on Tuesday evening leading into the Wednesday morning podcast. So make sure that you check that out as well. And you can also go back and listen to what I said about the Final Four and everything else. The Tom Brady rookie card uh, uh, record from yesterday. Aaron Rodgers hosting Jeopardy. I talked about that on yesterday's show. So you can grab that in the podcast feed already. But make sure you are subscribed everywhere you need to subscribe and that you go and subscribe to SBR Picks on YouTube. Our college football show will be out on Wednesday this week. So... Go and check it out. We appreciate all of you that dove into the comments today. Thank you for doing so. Make sure that you like the video, that you are subscribed to the YouTube channel. And we are going to get out of your hair so everybody can go and watch the college basketball national championship game between Baylor and Gonzaga. Thank you so much. Share the show. And let's just go ahead and say it. Uh, Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully, all of your tickets cash.